Hi, dance friends. This past week, a titan of the dance industry was quoted saying the following about why she continues to make mentoring a priority. Because I'm still that little girl who wanted to be a ballerina who couldn't go to the ballet school because they weren't accepting black kids. Can you guess who said it? Find out at the end of this episode of the Dance Edit podcast. I'm Courtney Escoyne. And I'm Lydia Murray. We are editors at Dance Magazine and Dance Spirit Magazine. Um, This week on the podcast, we'll be remembering the extraordinary Danny Tidwell, discussing the coronavirus's continued impact on the dance world, including a list of all the performance cancellations to date, which is ever evolving, and telling you everything we know about Netflix's new dance show, which is intriguing. But first, a reminder that this podcast is actually a companion to our daily email newsletter, which keeps you on top of all the dance world's news in about a minute a day. So go sign up for the Dance Edit newsletter at thedanceedit.com. Um, now for our first news story. Um, Danny Tidwell, who was a once-in-a-generation artist, he was equally at home dancing with American Ballet Theater and on the So You Think You Can Dance stage, died on Friday at age 35. Um, Travis Wall, who's Tidwell's adoptive brother, broke the news on Instagram. According to Travis, the cause of death was a car accident. And immediately this news sent, I mean, just a huge shockwave through the dance community. Um, Let's talk a little about what made Danny's career so extraordinary, about the overwhelming number of tributes that came in the days following his death, and, and about just why he meant so much to so many of us. Well, it's just, it's incredibly sad, um, first of all. Um, so many people in the industry have paid tribute to him, which really speaks to the influence that he had. Um, something really groundbreaking about his career was that he played an important role in shaping the current culture of the dance industry. Mm-hmm. He was one of the dancers who led the charge in exploring both the concert and commercial worlds, um, being vocal about his views and ideas, and making dance accessible to the masses without sacrificing quality, even when his career was still in its earlier stages, which took bravery because it wasn't something the dance world really saw or accepted at that time. Mm-hmm. And now with Instagram and TikTok and other platforms, it's become the norm to take charge of your career and use your voice in that way. Um, but when he first joined So You Think You Can Dance in 2007, after he had been at ABT from 2003 to 2004, a lot of concert dance enthusiasts were kind of aghast. Um, it was seen as beneath him, but it fit into this broader vision that he had of advancing the field. Um, one way he did that was through Movement Magazine, which he co-founded in 2006. Movement was a quarterly magazine with a mission to bring fashion, dance, music, and pop culture together as a lifestyle. It was um, really cool. Yeah, I know. It was so much fun. I loved yeah. it. Um, and it also had an initiative called Keep It Real, which donated the proceeds from subscriptions to charity dancers responding to AIDS. Um, and that further embodied that spirit that he had of community and support. Um, and more personally, it was really powerful for me to see him when I was a, a young black ballet student in the early 2000s, because back then it was really hard to find role models. And his approach was somewhat unconventional, um, but it was that much riskier because he was young and he was black. And at that time, a lot of black dancers felt pigeonholed by the dance world. There was the sense that you could have nothing but classical technique and still be considered a contemporary dancer. Or if you could do it all, you'd feel like the versatility is being used as evidence of your lack of ability to do ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of pressure to play by the rules, which mm-hmm. can be a lot of, which can be scary, you know, if you're young and you're seeing this happening when you're just a student figuring out what to expect and how to prepare. Um, and that problem persists, but there was Danny Tidwell, you know, um, and so many other dancers um, just kind of seemingly fearlessly forging their own path. Um, and it made me feel like anything was possible. 
Yeah. And it's worth noting, uh, he and Misty Copeland were in ABT Studio Company together. Yeah. They really came up through the ranks together. Um, I worked together until he left first for Complexions and then So You Think, where he rose to national prominence. She talked about that in her tribute to him mm-hmm. on Instagram, about yeah. how much it meant to have somebody like that in the company with her at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to quote Misty, um, the dance world needs healing. I love you, baby boy. You were there with me when there were so few of us, my brother, my friend. I'm going to start crying. I okay. know. It's, it's, it's really... I can get through this without tears of these. It's hard. Um, I wanted to talk a little about his So You Think You Can Dance run specifically, not to diminish the other parts of his career, mm. but just because that was the moment when he kind of achieved real national celebrity. Yeah. Um, so he was on So You Think You Can Dance in 2007, the third season of the show. It was a kind of magical time for So You Think You Can Dance. And also, for it was just a different time for reality TV. It felt bigger. It felt more central than yeah, maybe yes. it does now. Um, and we had more time to get to know the dancers. It was, you know, twice a week for the whole summer. Well, and I was at my, aging myself a little bit here, I was at my first ballet intensive away from home. And you know, every day, the, if it was, if So You Think had aired the night before, the next morning before technique class, that's what we were talking it was about. the topic of conversation. Yeah. yeah. And So You Think You Can Dance, I mean, it has highlighted, continues to highlight these truly exceptional dancers, but even among that crowd, Danny was immediately something else. Yeah, he was, was a standout. So apparent. This, the sense of, like, quiet authority that he mm. brought to the stage, and this world-class technique, and then on top of that, a feeling of gravitas that... He was just kind of living in the flow state that we all aspire to. It was, it was really incredible to watch. It was misinterpreted as arrogance, as arrogance yeah. Yeah, by some of the judges. Which, which was frustrating seeing the way that was edited and addressed mm-hmm. Yeah, just on a lot of levels. And yes. especially in retrospect, it's like, did you guys really, like, really? Yeah. yeah. And I think to, the, to its credit, the show has come a bit of a way since then. But... This was also, I mean, season three was one of those seasons where choreographers like Wade Robson and Mia Michaels were making really magical mm. television dance. Yeah. And Danny was Mia's muse, especially. Absolutely. Mm. And I think probably the most famous routine that he, she made on him was the Two Princes routine with Neil Haskell at the end, <sighs> yeah. which is fantastic. Iconic. And everyone still YouTube, YouTube I had, it immediately. I had a dance crush on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the one that made the most vivid impression on me was, it was a group routine to Imogen Heap's song, The Moment I Said It, which is this deeply anxious song. And Mia made Danny sort of this dark angel at the center of it. And he, it was this like maelstrom of a dance and he was absolutely magnetic. Just, I, please go YouTube it. And the moments when he's not really moving, he's just still and everything's happening around him. It really showed how much command he had yes. as a performer. So in addition to Misty, um, Debbie Allen posted a really moving tribute to Danny. His husband, David Benyam, posted a really something really beautiful. Um, I think we just found out there's actually a memorial service happening today, the day you're listening to this, in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, you can find out more about that on David Benham's uh, Instagram page. Um, as and well as Denise Walls, his adoptive his mom. His adoptive mother, yep. And a scholarship is being established in his name. Yes, which seems really fitting. Um, we'll miss you, Danny. Yeah. So moving on to our second news story, um, which is actually a collection of stories about the coronavirus and how it continues to impact not only the whole world, but specifically the dance world. Um, first, to give a sense of just the scope of this pandemic, um, we put together a list of the coronavirus-related dance cancellations made so far, either in the U.S. or by U.S. companies, um, it, which will probably be out of date by the time you hear this even, just they're coming so thick and fast right now. Um, Courtney, do you want to run down that list for us? 
Yeah, sure. So again, not complete or comprehensive, but at time of recording. Uh, so Hubbard Street Dance Chicago cut its European tour short and canceled its Italy performances at the end of February. San Francisco Ballet's performances at the War Memorial Opera House have been canceled through at least March 20th. New York City Ballet has withdrawn from scheduled appearances at London's Sadler's Wells next week, while ABT has postponed its performances in Abu Dhabi. Meanwhile, here at home, Juilliard and New York University and Columbia have all canceled public events through the end of the month. That includes performances at NYU Skirball, Juilliard and Barnard, and are switching to a remote instruction situation following their respective returns from spring break. Right now, that's scheduled to go through the end of March. And that entire list is, of course, on top of all the cancellations happening internationally. I mean, mm-hmm. major theaters are shutting, shuttering all over the world. Yeah, um, I just got the news that Paris Opera is canceling their shows through April 15th, I oh believe is the current number. It's it's severe. Um, that list could not stand in more stark contrast to the next coronavirus story that we wanted to discuss, which is that on Tuesday, the producers of a, a group of Broadway shows, um, including West Side Story and the Book of Mormon, announced that all remaining tickets for those shows through March 29th will be $50, um, which caused a lot of eyebrow raising. Um, given that, I mean, 40 blocks downtown from these theaters, NYU is canceling all its performances, 10 blocks uptown, Juilliard is doing the same thing, but these shows are actively courting customers. Yeah, and it's it's not surprising that there is concern from them about filling seats, um, especially when people are being advised, you know, if you think you might be sick, stay home, avoid crowds, avoid contact with lots of people if and when you can. Um But we also know Broadway shows have gone under for less. They're extremely expensive to produce, and um, ticket sales really can be a huge factor in whether or not a show stays open. So while from a financial perspective, I do kind of get where they're coming from, from an ethical one, I have questions. Agreed. Yeah, um, I think this kind of discount was probably to be expected just because of supply and demand and the fact that Broadway shows do cost a lot to produce. Hashtag capitalism. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Capitalism gonna capitalism, um, which is extremely unfortunate. Um, I think there's definitely an ethical dilemma here. Um, And let's also talk about a different type of coronavirus story. Um, Vietnam's National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health actually teamed up with a local lyricist to rewrite the lyrics to a V-pop hit, and they turned it into a coronavirus PSA, which is insanely catchy. And then a choreographer actually made up a TikTok dance to it that demonstrates exactly how you should be thoroughly washing your hands. And it's honestly so adorable. So adorable. So much fun. I just, I love seeing dance being used for civic good in an accessible way like this. Retweet. So on to our third new segment. I hope nobody gets whiplash as we move on to a completely different kind of story. Um, Netflix actually announced this week that it has ordered a new dance show from the producers who brought us the absolute insanity that is The Circle. Um, the tentative title of the show is All the Right Moves, and it will, according to the press materials we've seen, be a search for the next big choreographer. It is currently casting in the UK. Are we ready for this? Maybe. Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I'm all Netflix uh, puts a lot of money into new content, and I'm all about something that will get more good dance in mm-hmm. front of more eyeballs. Yeah. Um, I think something I'm curious about is, uh, I think as we've all observed watching So You Think over the years, dance that is necessarily good concert dance isn't always necessarily good screen dance. Right. right. Um, and there are a number of, you know, like, Now, there are university programs devoted to dance on camera, so I'm very curious about how 
they acknowledge or don't acknowledge that divide. Uh-huh. And also what these challenges yeah. competitors will be doing. Let's talk about yeah. that for a second. Like the challenges too. I'm like, are we getting any Project Runway style challenges in dance form? Like, <laughs> you have three hours to make a two minute dance piece that uses insert random thing here. I right. don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Various challenges. Um, well, I think it's kind of interesting that they're shooting in London and they're casting a group of professional dancers that the choreographers mm. can make use of in their challenges. Maybe we'll get to know that part of the commercial dance scene a little bit better, which is interesting. I think there are a lot of great dancers coming out of that part of the world. Yeah, um, yeah. And I can I just say my first reaction to this, which is <laughs> kind of petty, but how has nobody noticed that this is the same name used for the 2012 reality show following Shaping Sound? I... It bothers me to no end. <laughs> Presumably someone has noticed, and that's why it's a quote-unquote working, working title. Uh, okay, well, at least there's that. Uh, yeah, not to mention there's a 1983 football movie starring Tom Cruise. I discovered in my Googling, <laughs> which also <laughs> has the same name. But let's let's find a new pun, people. Uh, okay, now let's do a quick sauté through some other noteworthy dance headlines of the week, um, because there's always a ton of news coming down the pipeline. We want to make sure that we touch on all the major points. Um, Lydia, do you want to kick us off? Misty Copeland revealed the cover of her new children's book, Bunheads, coming September 29th, 2020. Uh, Once Upon a One More Time, a.k.a. the Britney Spears Jukebox Musical, has announced casting ahead of its Chicago premiere next month, but most intriguing is that Keone and Mari Madrid are not only choreographing, but also directing. And choreographer and director Adam Shankman will work his directorial magic on Hocus Pocus 2. Meanwhile, the Rockettes have announced that they are launching a new dancer development program that will not only be tuition-free, but also provide housing, transport to and from New York City, and meals to dancers selected for these summer programs. That's right, y'all. The Rockettes' new theater program is being offered at no cost. That's super exciting. Uh, great. All right, let's close things out with a little pop of pop culture, because we love nothing more than when dance makes the mainstream news. And these days, if we're talking about dance in the mainstream news, we are inevitably talking about TikTok. Um, so the internet is all about various celebrities' takes on the app's flip the switch dance challenge. But there are two especially notable ones this week. Uh, JLo and A-Rod swapped places, and then most notably, Elizabeth Warren and her SNL doppelganger, Kate McKinnon, also did a switcheroo. Um, first of all, can we talk about exactly what this challenge is, just for people who might not know? So it uses, Hi, Mom. <laughs> so it uses the song Nonstop, uh, which is a 2018 song by Drake. Um, and according to Time Magazine, it was created by Bella and Dallin Lambert, or Dallin X Bella on TikTok. And it basically involves two people standing in a room in front of a mirror, typically, and they dance. And then when Drake gets to the line where he says, I just flipped the switch, the lights go off and then they are in different outfits or they're mimicking each other's dance move or something to that effect. I'm going to actually play this song right now just for people who haven't heard it. I mean, it's that, it's that <laughs> short. Um, but it's just like there's something tonally perfect about that little clip of the dance. Um, so J-Lo and A-Rod, in their version, first Jennifer Lopez, one of the greatest dancers in the world, is the one doing some slinky dancing. Then they flip the switch and we see A-Rod noodling around instead in J-Lo's white sweater dress. just Which is the best detail I of mean, anything love ever. I love These it. two seem to actually like each other. They're always doing cute stuff like this. And I love that J-Lo just seems to take every opportunity she can get to make A-Rod dance. Yes. <laughs> Can, can I just say I really want Stella Abrera and Sasha Radetzky to do this? Yes. Oh, we should make a list of dance couples to get on this challenge. Stella and Sasha, if you're listening, please. Please do. <laughs> um, so, but the Elizabeth Warren video is kind of on a different 
plane. Um, <laughs> so that one first features Warren filming as Kate McKinnon, who plays Warren in SNL, dances while dressed as Warren. And then they flip the switch and we see Elizabeth Warren showing off some pretty respectable dance moves. There's a good little wiggle going. Um, and I think, I mean, this video came out just a couple days after Warren ended her presidential campaign. And a lot of us were pretty deeply upset about that. And I think the video was, it was a bit of reassurance. It was kind of her saying, I'm still here. I haven't given up. I'm still fighting. And I'm doing it all with a sense of humor about myself. Mm. You know, thank goodness. And I think that's one of the reasons that it, it struck a chord with so many people. Yeah. That and that yeah. it's also just a perfect example of the form. I mean, it's genuinely hilarious. <laughs> if, you, if you have not yet seen it, please go. Please go watch it. Yes. Okay, great. Um, before we sign off, here is the answer to our quote quiz from the very top of the episode. Um, this past week, a true titan of the dance world was quoted saying the following about why she continues to make mentoring a priority. Because I'm still that little girl who wanted to be a ballerina who couldn't go to the ballet school because they weren't accepting black kids. So who said it? Debbie, Debbie Allen. Allen. Who is on the cover of Dance Mag- Magazine this month for the first time ever. Is that right? It, yes. As far as I can tell, yeah. Um, I did some digging for the archives. And as far as I can tell, even when we covered things like Fame or the Sweet Charity Revival, uh, Debbie herself never actually appeared on the cover. Which is wild. This is a major moment, long overdue. Um, she's done so much for so many people and continues to do so much for so many people. Uh, yeah, just thank you, Miss Allen, for being you, honestly. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. We will be back next week for more discussion of the news that's moving and shaking the dance world. Still not sorry. Um, be sure to sign up for the Daily Dance Edit newsletter at thedanceedit.com. We'll see you next week. The Dance Edit Podcast is a product of Dance Media, publisher of Dance Magazine, Dance Spirit, Point, Dance Teacher, Dance Business Weekly, and the Dance Edit Newsletter. Our hosts are Courtney Escoyne, Margaret Fuhrer, Lydia Murray, and Cadence Neenan. Our music is by Celestine, with special thanks to Broadway Dance Center. Find out more about the Dance Edit and subscribe to our daily newsletter at thedanceedit.com. Thank you.